We're back in Judges. We took a little little break from Judges last week because, boy, we had covered some heavy stuff for the weeks before. Uh, so we took us a little little break, and we talked about the goodness of God. But we're jumping back into Judges tonight in chapter six. Judges chapter six. We're just going to read the first few verses. And these are kind of uh, an introduction leading us into Gideon, who is the next judge that we're about to. Uh, read about and and this the events of, of Gideon's time of being a judge are are, are are a lot more detail in them than what we've seen so far most of these stories in particular uh, Othniel the first judge we saw uh, his story was pretty short uh, Ehud's was pretty short uh, Shamgar uh, it was just a couple of verses uh, Deborah and Barak we, we kind of spent a couple of chapters on the events of what what happened with them uh, chapter uh, 4 covered the events, and then chapter 5 kind of recovered the events in Deborah's song or poem. And, uh, but this, this, this particular uh, story about Gideon is going to be the longest one that we've read up to this point. And so these verses tonight are going to be just a little introduction uh, to what's come. And you can, you can probably already get what, what's coming, even if you've never read through Judges. Uh, you've kind of seen the pattern by this point. The pattern is Israel sins... They get into a mess. They call out to God. God sends a judge to deliver them. They come back to God. Everything's good for a little while, and then the cycle repeats. Y'all have picked up on that cycle, and you're going to see the same thing tonight. So uh, we're going to start in verse 1. We're going to read through verse 10, and then after we get through reading it, we'll pray. Judges chapter 6, verse 1. The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord handed them over to Midian seven years, and they oppressed Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and the Ketamites came and attacked them. They encamped against them and destroyed the produce of the land even as far as Gaza. They left nothing for Israel to eat, as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. For the Midianites came with their cattle and their tents like a great swarm of locusts. They and their camels were without number, and they entered the land to waste it. So Israel became poverty-stricken because of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord, When the Israelites cried out to him because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to them. He said to them, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt and out of the place of slavery. I delivered you from the power of Egypt and the power of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am Yahweh your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites whose land you live in, but you did not obey me. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and I pray that you just hide me behind the cross, that I would preach your word in a way that's going to help each one here, dear Lord, that we understand what your word says, but we also understand ways maybe that you can apply it to our lives, dear Lord. So I pray that the Holy Spirit would just take these words we read And God, you would apply them to our lives. And help me, dear Lord, just to be obedient to you. And I pray, God, that you just help each one of us to open our hearts and minds. And I pray that these words would just would be good for us tonight. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Now at the end of the last chapter that we finished, chapter 5, we saw that there was peace in the land for 40 years. So a long time had passed. Things had been good. But after time had passed, uh, much as uh, we do, the Israelites were good for a while, and then they began to kind of slip back into their old ways. Now, we can probably all relate to that. There are probably seasons in our life where we are really walking in, in good relationship with the Lord and being obedient to Him and really digging into His words and really seeking Him and we're growing in Him and, and we're able to, to uh, uh, stand against temptations that come in our life and we don't give in to things uh, like anger. Maybe we're a little more patient in those times where we're really in good relationship with the Lord. But most of us have probably experienced times in our life where we get a little lazy where our prayer life is maybe not very strong, where we're really not reading God's Word, uh, where we're really not producing all those fruits of the Spirit, at least not in the way that we should be producing them. And we kind of begin to slide into a life of sin. This little temptation comes, or that little temptation comes, and we begin to start sinning in this way. And when sin begins to abound in our life, then our relationship with God tends to go down in our life. And that's the pattern that we've seen with the Israelites so far. And we can relate to that, I believe, in some, on some level because uh, we're not so different in that there are always distractions and temptations and sins that wish to rule over us, uh, but we must rule over it. That's the same thing that the Lord, uh, that the Lord told Cain whenever uh, he had those bad feelings toward Abel in his heart before he killed him. He said, look, uh, sin is crouching at, at, at the door. It desires, to, it desires to overtake you, to rule over you, but you must not give in. You must overtake it. Now, that sin, that temptation has been there from the beginning of time, uh, and it's still there for us, and we have to overcome it. Now, for the Israelites, this is a good warning. Now, we've probably got warnings in our own life we can look at, things that we've done that we had to suffer bad consequences for. And if you haven't ever done that, well, then the book of Judges will be great for you because you will see that the Israelites do that quite a few times, and we will see that when they turn from the Lord that their situations get in bad shape because they leave the protection of the Lord and it puts them at exposure to sin and their enemies uh, and their enemies overtake them. And we can probably relate to that in our own lives. It says in verse 1, The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord handed them over to Midian for seven years. Now, We've seen, uh, I didn't bring the map back tonight, I should have brought it back just to kind of give you an idea, but, but we've seen the different people that have come against Israel really come from all different directions. Now the first week with Othniel, uh, it was the, the king of Aram, kind of in the, in the, uh, the northeast corner of, 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 of Israel there in that, that area, in Mesopotamia. That's where the first king uh, came and attacked from. And then we saw the king of Moab with Eglon. We saw him come from kind of the southeast corner and kind of come up. And then uh, last week when it was Deborah and Barak, he came from Hazor, which is kind of in the northern part, uh, just in the northern part of where Israel is. And so we're kind of seeing all these different people come from lots of different directions that are coming in and, t and attacking Israel. Now, for the most part, the main enemy is someone different every time. And this time, the main enemy uh, that they're being handed over to here is the Midianites. Now, the Midianites would have come from uh, south of where Israel was, in the, in the desert of the Negev. Uh, so it would have been at the very bottom portion. If you remember the map that we had, the Negev's at the very bottom portion. So that's where the 
Midianites would have come from. And they came from the south, and they came all the way up into the southern part of, of the Promised Land, all the way up to Gaza, which kind of wraps around at the bottom edge of the Mediterranean Sea. And so here we're introduced to different enemies, and these enemies are coming at, at Israel from all different directions. Now, it's not so different in our life. When we begin to walk in disobedience to the Lord, man, the devil is going to attack us from any which way he can. He's going to find our weak spot. He knows what it is. He knows what your weak spot is. He knows what my weak spot is. And they're probably not the same. Maybe in some areas they are, but in other areas they're not. So if he tries to attack us from the north and we are able to resist and fight him off by the power of God, then guess what? He's going to try to come from the south. And if we block him from the south, he'll come from the east or come from the west. And our enemy, the devil, is always going to be trying to attack us spiritually in lots of different areas. Now, when we are walking in obedience to the Lord and trusting in him, guess what? We will be able to fight off the attacks of the enemy no problem. But when we are living in disobedience, we make ourselves vulnerable to sin and vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. And that's exactly what was going on with the Israelites here. They had done been attacked from every different direction, and here comes more enemies that are coming at them. These enemies are the Midianites. Now, these would have been descendants of Abraham. After Sarah died, we see this in Genesis chapter 25, uh, he married another wife, and he had some more sons, and one of those was Midian. And so the Midianites would have been distant descendants of Abraham. Uh, the Midianites were, as we see here, were enemies of the Israelites, but it, it may not have always been that way. It appears that at least at some point in time in Exodus uh, that they were not enemies of them, but by this point they are definitely enemies of the Israelites. It says, and they oppressed uh, Israel for seven years. And so the cycle repeats just as the other kings had come in and Israel was under oppression, and now they were under oppression with the Midianites. Because of Midian... The Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whatever the Israelites planted, crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and the Ketamites came and attacked them. They encamped against them and destroyed the produce of the land, even as far as Gaza. They left nothing for Israel to eat as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. Now, this was a hard time for Israel. Now, Keep in mind here what we're seeing Israel go through. It's not just that Israel went into the promised land and they just were not living for God and they were living with the other people in the land and everything was going good and they were all getting along. That was not the case at all. They had compromised on God, on following what God had commanded them to do. And it's not just that they were living equally and in good relationship with the people of the land. Just the opposite had occurred. Instead of Israel having an abundance in the land and having plenty of crops and plenty of land and plenty of protection and plenty of safety, instead they are on the opposite end of the spectrum of that. <clears throat> and it points that out to us in pretty good detail right here. It says that they, uh, had to, they made hiding places in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. So they were having to hide wherever they could hide to try to be safe from these who were coming against them. Now, sin looks very enticing to us. Those things that want to draw us away from God and obedience to God. They are things that look good to us, and we may can even justify in our mind, well, it's okay for me to do this. I can still serve God. I'm still a Christian, and I can still do a little bit of this. And in our mind, it seems like we may can get away with a little bit of sin. 
But generally what happens when we begin to give in to a little bit of sin, we begin to give up a little bit of God in our lives. And what we thought would be an okay thing, well, I don't have to do what God said. Everything's going to be okay. But what we find is pretty soon our sin has oppressed us. In the same way that the Israelites were oppressed by their enemies, they were not living in equal rights with their enemies. They weren't just getting along with them. No, they were oppressed by them. Their enemies were a burden to them. They had no relief. They couldn't even grow crops. When they tried to grow crops, the enemy would come in and destroy everything in the land. These were hard times for the Israelites. And so it is with sin in our life. When we begin to sin in our life, we, we feel the burden of that sin that's always pressing down on us. We don't have any peace. We don't have any rest. We can't find any joy in anything that we have because our joy is in the Lord. If we're in Jesus Christ, our joy is in the Lord. If you're not in Jesus Christ, well, I want to tell you tonight, you will not find joy until you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, sin will put us in a place that's very similar to where the Israelites are tonight. They are hiding out. They are burdened. They are oppressed by their enemies. They are in a bad shape. They can't even take care of themselves. Man, it is a horrible situation that we see here in these few verses. Now, it's not just the Midianites, but it's also the Amalekites and the Ketamites. Now, we saw the Amalekites uh, team up with the Moabites uh, back with uh, Ehud when we read about the judge of Ehud. So the Amalekites, we see them all throughout Scripture. The Amalekites are the ones that uh, King Saul, whenever he becomes king later on in Israel's history, that's who Saul was supposed to completely destroy. But if you have heard the story, or maybe you haven't, instead of going in and completely destroying everything, instead Saul kept some of the things and he, he kept the king. He didn't destroy him like he was supposed to. Now, God wanted to do away with the Amalekites because of the evil that they had caused the Israelites. And this is just one example, or the second one, I should say, at least, that we've seen up to this point in Judges. So the Amalekites have a long history against the Israelites. And here, they are teamed up with the Midianites uh, and also the Ketamites. Now, most of your translations probably don't use the word Ketamites there. It probably says children of the East or sons of the East or people of the East. Uh, the word Ketamite is just an English transliteration of the actual Hebrew word that's used there. The word Ketamite means children of the, of the East or people of the East or sons of the East. So some of your translations put the meaning in there and others may put the word Ketamite. But if you see Ketamite, that's what it means, people from the East. Now we don't know exactly who these people are, uh, but whoever they were, they were enemies of Israel here and they had teamed up with the Amalekites uh, and the Midianites uh, to come and to attack Israel. And so they begin to work their way up from the south all the way up into Gaza, which I mentioned a while ago is kind of at the bottom corner of where the Mediterranean Sea uh, comes up against the land of Israel. All right, verse 6. Excuse me, verse 5. For the Midianites came with their cattle and their tents like a great swarm of locusts. They and their camels were without number, and they entered the land to waste it. So Israel became poverty-stricken because of Midian. And the Israelites cried out to the Lord. Now, the Midianites had strong forces. We see that here, that they came in with their cattle and their tent, and they were like a great swarm of locusts, or some of your translations may say grasshoppers there. They were, they were greatly numbers. They had lots of camels that said that were without number. That is, it was too many to count. So the forces of the Midianites 
uh, that were beginning to come in against the Israelite, these forces were great. This was a great enemy that it was coming against Israel. And we see here exactly Israel's state in verse 6, that they became poverty-stricken because of Midian. So they have gotten to about as bad a place as they could possibly get, get to. Uh, they didn't have anything. They're hiding out in caves. They're hiding out in the mountains. They don't have any food to eat. Their enemy's coming, and it's so it's too many to number. It looks like that there's really nothing that they can do. And on their own, there really is nothing that they can do, except they know where to go back to. They go back to the Lord. They cry out to the Lord, Lord, we're in a mess. We're in a bad shape. Now, it's a shame that we have to sometimes get in those types of messes to call out to the Lord, but the Lord knows that as human beings, sometimes that's the only time we'll call out to Him. I would venture to say there's probably been many a people in this world that have saved, uh, been saved and come to faith in Jesus Christ because they have gotten to the bottom of the barrel where they didn't have anywhere else to turn except to the Lord. And that's exactly where the Israelites were here. And maybe some of you have been there before. Uh, where we get to a point where maybe sin is, is running rampant in our life and we're just not living for the Lord, we're not living in His Word. Maybe you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ or maybe you have put your trust in Jesus Christ but you're just not living in obedience, maybe even now you find yourself in a place similar uh, to what the Israelites find themselves in. But if we find ourselves in those places, either now or in the future, which hopefully that won't be the case, but should we ever find ourselves in that situation, well, what can we do other than cry out to the Lord and pray that He gives us grace? Now, the Israelites had done nothing to deserve God's love, but God continued to love them. He allowed them to go through these things for a little while uh, to get their attention, and it would get their attention, and they would do right for a while, uh, and then they would begin to turn back to their wicked ways. And here they are turning back to those wicked ways once again, and here they are calling out to the Lord once again. In verse 7, <clears throat> When the Israelites cried out to him because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to them. He said to them, This is what the Lord God of Israel says, I brought you out of Egypt and out of the place of slavery. I delivered you from the power of Egypt and the power of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. Now, we don't know who this prophet is here, but God had sent some prophet to speak to the Israelites and to remind them. Now, I don't believe that God is rubbing it into him here. I don't believe he's saying, well, look at the mess you got into. Uh, you could have had, had it made if you'd listened to me. Now, in a way, he is telling them that, I believe, but I don't know if he's doing it out of malice to kind of to poke at them. He's trying to get them, I think, to realize, look, you need to listen to me. You need to trust me. Remember what I've done for you. I've delivered you. I've gotten you through this situation and that situation. I've been there for you, and you could be doing good right now. Everything could be good for the Israelites in the promised land right now if they had just lived in obedience to what God had called them to do. And the same could be said for you and I. There are times in our life that we may be in a hard time, and it may very well be that we're in that situation because we're not listening to what the Lord has told us to do. That we get angry and, and go off and, and have a fight with someone uh, where if we would listen to God's Word and we would try to have a little more patience, we make it avoid situations like that. And there are lots of examples, and you can probably think of some in your life, things that occur. But there are plenty of times that if we would, if we would really take God's Word to heart and really focus on it and try to live on it, we might could avoid 
some of those types of situations. The Israelites could have, and God reminded them here, look, don't forget, I've already delivered you in all these different ways. I've been there for you. I've delivered you from Egypt. I've, I've freed you from your oppression. I was there with you. He's reminded them of his power, and they've called out to him again, and that's a good thing. Uh, but they need to get to a point where they realize how good God is, that hopefully that maybe they would stop doing these things that they are continuing to do. In verse 10, I said to you, I am Yahweh your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites whose land you live in, but you did not obey me. Now, he's reminding them here of their situation. Look, everything could have been okay, but you did not obey me. Now, that's a good lesson for us too. Now, I'm not saying that everything in our life is going to be perfect, and if things in our life aren't perfect, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're living in disobedience to God. Sometimes that may be the case, though. There may be times that we get ourselves into trouble that we could otherwise avoid. Uh, but instead, we may find ourselves just like the Israelites. We find ourselves giving in to a little sin because it seems like, well, that'll be okay. But we find ourselves ashamed. We find ourselves burdened. We find ourselves oppressed and becoming a slave to our sin. We find ourselves hiding maybe even from the Lord in the same way that Adam and Eve did. See, that's what sin does in our life. Obedience and faithfulness to the Lord draws us to the Lord. And it's a great thing. And we find joy and we find peace in the Lord. And it's a great thing to be in peace and have joy in the Lord. But sin robs us of that. It causes us to want to hide from the Lord, to be under the burden of that sin. That's exactly what Adam and Eve did when they sinned. They made leaves for themselves because they knew that they had sinned. They knew that they were naked, and so they hid. And when the Lord came through in the cool of the day with the breeze, uh, He said, Where are you? And they were hiding from the Lord. Why? Because they had sinned against the Lord. A time that should have been a beautiful time a time of peace and a time of joy for them to be in the Lord's presence. Instead, it was ruined because of sin. And that's exactly what happened with the Israelites. They could have been in a great place. They could have been in the promised land, living the good life with God protecting them, protecting them against all these enemies. But because of their sin, they find themselves hiding in caves, barely getting by with no hope other than to call out to the Lord. And the Lord says, look, I was with you. I've delivered you all these times, but you did not obey me. Now, we don't want to fall into that trap. We want to fight against those things in our life. We want to be those who do obey the Lord. Now, there may be times, though, that God has to tell us the same thing. You should have listened to me. You should have listened to me. He's not telling us that because he wants to rub it in. He's telling us that because he wants us to learn from our sinfulness, from the things that we do, from our disobedience, so that next time we won't run away from him, but we will stay close to him. And instead of having to hide and feel the burden of our sin, we can find the peace and the joy of being in his presence. And if we're not in his presence now, then we need to be like the Israelites and call out to the Lord and say, Lord, I have sinned against you but I don't want to keep living in my sin. I want to turn back to you. I want to listen to you. I want to live in obedience to you. God, please deliver me. And just as God delivered the Israelites time and time again, so I believe God will do the same for us. If we seek Him, we will find Him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these words. And I pray that we learn something from these words tonight. And dear Lord, I pray that if anybody in here is 
living in sin, dear Lord, or caught up in temptations and, and, and dear Lord, just kind of trying to, to walk the line between living for you and living for the world, dear Lord, that's just not a line that we can walk. We'll always fall into the ways of the world, dear Lord. There's just no way around it. And God, we'll find ourselves in a mess just like the Israelites. So help us, dear Lord, to walk the straight and narrow. Dear Lord, to not get off track with things of the world and not give in to the temptations of sin, but to find joy and strength and comfort in you, dear Lord God. And I pray that you would help us to call out to you when we're not living like we should, dear Lord, that we would find forgiveness and mercy and peace and grace in you, God. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.